What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, it's Monday night, so you know what that means. It's Evan Swords, Swords, Swords. Evan Swords. Wow. Evan. Oh, we're getting there. Okay. Uh, it's, I'm still shaking the rust off, man. It's it's been a little bit. We got uh, last week's episode in the can, but. It's going to take me a couple of weeks, Evan, to uh, get that comfortability that I had previously with the pronunciation of your last name. But also, Evan Swords is here. Evan, good evening. How are you? You know how to say swords. There's <laughs> two of them. You know yeah. how to say it. It's They're weapons, multiple weapons. You've been <laughs> saying swords since you were like three years old. It's fine. You'll get it. Here's Nothing the wrong. problem with that, though. That is spelled S-W-O-R-D. That is not how your name is spelled. Sir, if you have to if you have to look at a word every mm. time you try and pronounce it, we're we're gonna be in big trouble. Mm. What's just the, have you ever been in a situation like in like your current job or a previous job where you you really butchered a name and it, it was just uh it was really uncomfortable for you? I'm a I'm a technical recruiter. Yeah. Um, which That's means, why I asked because I figured you'd have to just kind of guesstimate when you're talking to all these different people all the time. Yeah, I have, I have lots of, you know, I have lots of foreign candidates that come from different countries and obviously have, you know, the names that aren't as easy to pronounce. I don't even try. I yeah. say, how's, how's it going, sir? Mm-hmm. Ma'am, it's very nice to speak with you. I don't even try. I mean, like I'm, I'm an idiot as a whole. So what am I going to do? Try and pronounce, you know, I've never even left North America. Like I'm... Mm. So I get it. I'm not even going to try. That's interesting. I would not have guessed that you have not left North America. You seem like more of a traveler to me. I I, li- I mean, I love traveling, but mm-hmm. you know, I've, you, you go where you can go, right? I, I mean, I, if I if I had some friends that would be like, oh, let's go to Europe, I'd probably be down. Mm. Where Do you have a bucket list of foreign places that you'd like yeah. to go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Like Australia, London. Mm. Um, I think Greece... You know, um, I think Ireland too, you know, as I get older, I'm less likely to get out into nature, but like the rolling green hills of Ireland. Wait, why are you less likely to get out in nature as you get older? Evan, I'm just to write this down for my future reference. I just, I'm just not, I'm just not a nature guy. I'm just never really, (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't think I am. I mean, like my, my friends and we're never really big nature people. Like Mm. I'm not against it. I've gone on long hikes, gone camping. I just, I don't know. I'm a city guy. Interesting. Because you're from Oregon originally, aren't you? Yeah, I'm the worst Portlander in the world. I don't like beer. I don't like strip clubs. And I don't like the outdoors. I have no business being in Portland. That's why I left. Well, hold on one second. We're not going to gloss over the fact that you just cited strip clubs as a... Port- Portland a has the... staple? Portland has the most breweries and strip clubs per capita in the United States. There's no way that's true. Oh, I that would be the easiest thing for me to be right about on earth ever uh, that's wild i would i don't even know what, what i would guess because i think atlanta is probably what people would guess but i think it's just atlanta has the most 
notable. Um, Atlanta's got the probably biggest. Yeah, one of the one of Atlanta and Tampa, but yeah, per capita is is the key feature there. Interesting. Um, yeah, you know what's funny is I've actually gone the other way with nature. Um, I like live downtown most of my twenties in Atlanta and stuff like that, but I I always liked being like reading and I liked my uh, Eno and like hanging out in nature, doing my hikes. I like hikes. Like the one thing I'll never do is be a camper like i'm an eagle scout evan swords like i am i got the whole i got all the merit badges i did i did my i did my time i did my service um and i'm good on never doing that again however i'm a mountain guy like i love the mountains part of the reason i love knoxville and tennessee is that it's just all mountainous and there's all kinds of great hiking and like Asheville a few weekends ago for my 30th was just gorgeous like the blue ridge mountains like i i'm a big mountain guy i love uh, getting away i love kind of in my older age of just being like you know i like going to the city when i need to but uh i very much prefer at this point uh being out being out and like being a cabin guy like i really want some farmland or a cabin guy yeah like i can't like nothing you just said to me i <laughs> Like my brain doesn't even process that as an idea. <laughs> like it's like you just said to me, like I'm gonna go like walk on air. Mm-hmm. So we're not gonna be neighbors in in rural Tennessee ever. Uh, you know, probably not. No. But hey, I'll visit. I'll come visit. Okay, okay. I'm holding you to that. You would have a lot of fun in Knoxville if you came for a game. We would we would have a good time, man. Um. Well, don't forget, folks, you can listen to this podcast by going to chasehomespodcast.com. And Evan, what do the people need to do? Like you're the Evan Swords army that listens to this podcast in full force after they listen to this episode. What what should they do? I mean, obviously, you know, follow me, follow you, which yeah. you're not already. Obviously, follow the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, rate five stars, all that good stuff. Follow yeah. the 49ers. Hub. And then, I mean, more than anything, just go buy some White Claw. Oh yeah, try the new flavors. They're great. Mm-hmm. What? Where, where's the hierarchy right now? I feel like you had pineapple at one or something. Pineapple. Right? Pineapple just came out. So mm-hmm. for me, I think right now I'm going like pineapple. Mm-hmm. <sighs> this is tough. Tangerine. Okay. Lemon. Was, I, I gotta say tears. Like pineapple to me is the best, but pineapple and tangerine are in the same tier. And then I think strawberry, blackberry, lemon are all in their own tier after that yeah are you a hate drinker slash eater what do you mean so like if you find that an item is just awful but you're just like i'm powering through i've already like i kind of like the fact that this is terrible and i'm just drinking slash eating this terrible thing it's a story uh no god no i i am very much so uh, i will eat and drink what i like and only that interesting see i my girlfriend thinks it's insane like i i remember i ate one of these nasty cakes like just an all-time terrible cake like i just kept eating it she's like what why are you still eating that i'm like it's terrible it's amazing like this is one of the worst cakes i've ever had in my life and i'm just over there munching on it because it was just i was fascinated by just how terrible it was like i was i was just i couldn't couldn't look away couldn't keep it yeah no i just had to keep taking bites it's uh it's one of my i guess fatal flaws if you will um what are you? Uh, what are you watching? What are you reading right now, Evan? Uh, what am I watching? and What am I reading right now? Well, you know, I mean, the draft is just done, so I've been mm-hmm. 
very focused on the draft, especially being a 49ers fan. Watching, though, you know, I've, I've really enjoyed the new Marvel shows. Winter, Falcon and Winter Soldier was great. Uh, but I think one thing that is uh, ver- not as known is there's a show that comes from a comic. It's not a Marvel comic or anything mm. like that. But the comic is called Invincible. And it's about this kid whose dad is like a Superman level superhero. And he gets powers that like, you know, going through puberty, he gets powers or whatever. But it's like, it's like a cartoon animated cartoon. So you're like, Oh, whatever. But it's like, there's swearing. There's like brutal, brutal, like blood and guts, like fighting, like it's fucked up. And I got really into that first season and I suggest anybody and everybody watch it. It's insane. And it's, totally just totally awesome okay i like it i watched an insane movie this weekend as well uh i watched this movie called green inferno have you seen it by eli roth no do i do love is? eli roth yeah if you love eli roth you'll love this like i i watched hostel and hostel 2 for the first time a few weeks back big hostel guy Hostel's pretty dope um but no green inferno let me just say quite fucked up mr swords like it uh, it's pretty wild but it's good. I, I I thought it was fun. It was a fun fun wild ride. Um, but I'm also just becoming a uh, <laughs> I don't even know how to describe this. Like I didn't know this would be a part of my life at this point. But um, I, I'm sure you've experienced this too. Where like when you date somebody, like you're there's crossover in TV. Where like when I'm uh, <laughs> like my natural preferences and like just the amount of sports I watch and then. Um, the TV that I watch, it's all very limited and very focused and very uh, chase-like. And then you add this other element where you're like, okay, there's not a chance in hell that I'd ever just stumble onto this on my own. Hence, Love is Blind. Gotten love into is this. blind. Have you, have you perused this? No. Show? Okay. Um, I love it, Evan. Like, I, I, I'm all in. Like, it is, I can turn my brain off. I loathe all of these people there i i loathe them so much and it's incredible there is this character jessica i i don't know if you saw my instagram story last night i was cracking up i i couldn't get over it this poor guy have you ever seen this like in your friend group and this is how we lead into the nfl draft evan um have you ever had this in your friend group where the guy like you and your friends you all know that like it just there's no there's nothing there with the girl that he's into and you're like oh no this isn't going where or he'll read a text and explain a situation to you and you're like wow he's completely misreading this or the body language is completely off and this guy he wants it to work so bad that he's just he's uh he's just <laughs> not acknowledging all of these just red flags and all of these just issues that just show that like no this is not a not a thing this is not uh, not gonna work do you have someone like in your life like that you don't have to no. name names no no i don't i don't have anyone i think like that but i I love your passion for it i i mean the passion's real as people can attest as they listen to this podcast is they are going to be like wow chase is a, a changed man he's he's evolving he is expanding his craft it's not just the sports encyclopedia. He is not a uh, what? What is the term that someone described me on another article? It was like a not sports aficionado. I forgot what he called. Uh, oh, sports renaissance man. Um, but uh, you know what? I got to add some variety in my life. I got to spice it up because guess what, Evan? I'm not watching round three live. I tried 
for the majority majority of round two. I got to the Richie Grant pick, and then I moved on with my day. And I was like, I'm just going to go through all the stuff Sunday morning that I need to go through, and then I'm going to be there. But I, I cannot sit there any longer. I couldn't do it. How, how long were you sitting around watching the draft? Uh... I've watched – well, so, I mean, yeah, I watched the whole thing. Okay. Round three, though, I didn't watch. Round three I followed on Twitter because I was in San Francisco, so I was mm-hmm. kind of like running around the city. Yeah. That's it. I followed on Twitter. But, yeah, so I, I have a good buddy of mine who I actually met through 49ers Twitter. He's now like one of my best friends, and he lives in San Francisco, and he got a new – big old town home with him and his girlfriend and they got a new dog. So I was like, I'm going to come to San Francisco where I should be in the first place for the 49ers draft. And I'm going to watch it with you. Was that the the puppy that we saw? That was indeed his new puppy. Okay. Were you a fan? Oh dude, it was the cutest. Like honestly, like for a while I've thought that I, I don't like small dogs. Mm. Just not been my thing, but like this dog, like reignited my love for all dogs, including small dogs. Was he was small? No, I mean he was like forty five pounds. Oh, was he really? He didn't look forty five. Okay, and I mean like, and he was like forty five pounds, but he was all like he was like a little ball of muscle. Like he, Mm. you know what I'm saying? Like he was a, he was like a, he was like a walking stone. Yeah, he's like a little Evan Swords. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'll take that. I'll yeah. take that. Um, it always cracks me up when I see your Instagram stories where you're like, because I, I, I feel good. I get my runs in every day. I'm, I like to think of myself as pretty physically active. And then I'll see Evan Swartz posted two and a half hours in the gym, like 9,000 calories burned. I'm like, well, didn't do that. Well, didn't I mean, get there. On, first, first and foremost, it's not two and a half hours in the gym. That's, Incorrect. That's that is not true. You need to acknowledge the fact that you are in the gym for two and a half to no. three hours. No, 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 I'm not. So, okay. So I, myself, right. Mm-hmm. So I, I ride my bike to the gym, okay. which is four, four miles. And that okay. takes about 20 minutes. So I, for the most part, usually will work out for an hour and a half mm-hmm. at most. And then the rest is like stretching, right? Um, cardio, whatever. But like for the most part nowadays, cause I'm old as shit stretching and like, I do like shoulder work cause I, I had like uh, a bad rotator cuff and like a shoulder impingement. But for the most part, lifting is about an hour and a half. And, but then I, you know, 20 minutes to the gym, 20 minutes back, that's eight miles on the bike. So it's a whole process. Okay. I'll allow it. It's not what you're giving off though. It's a little misleading. I need a, I need a, a, a another slide on the Instagram story it says uh, not included in this visual, the bike ride to and from the stretching and everything else. So people that are working out for an hour, I'm with you. It's not like I'm, I'm killing you on these streets, Um, which naturally Evan leads us to the quarterbacks and where they landed in the 2021 NFL draft. Um, Because you and I and our teams are forever linked. Seemingly Evan, they uh, literally are. Yeah. I, I can't shake the feeling uh, after seeing how the first round unfolded and seeing what Terry Fontenot ended up doing that if your team, the San Francisco 49ers, had gone with Mac Jones at three, that Trey Lance would have been a Falcon at four. But because you guys went Trey Lance at three, 
the Falcons pivoted to the best guy on their board, which would outside of Trey Lance, which is Kyle Pitts. If I had to, I I just will go to my grave with, and that's very serious, Evan Swords. But I just firmly believe that Terry Fontenot had Trey Lance number one on his board altogether for the number four pick and Kyle Pitts number two would be my ultimate, ultimate educated guess. And your team did not go Mac Jones and Mac Jones fell. Uh, Justin Fields went to Chicago. We saw Kyle Trask go in the second round. We saw um, obviously Trevor Lawrence go one, Zach Wilson go two. Um, But let's start with your team because your team dictated the rest of the draft, I think, especially the rest of the first round. And Trey Lance fits this team. I, I heard an interesting comp because I hadn't, I don't know if you had heard this before, but Jeremiah compared him to McNair and I had not seen this before. And then watching some McNair stuff before he got started, I was like, huh, interesting. And the QB bootleg is such an important part of the Shanahan system. And when they were talking on move the sticks today about the draft recap, I'm not sure if you've even thought about this yet, but I want to get your, your, your take on a lot of this stuff, but Jalen Hurd, if he ever can get healthy, Hurd, Lance, and Debo in the backfield. That like the the amount of Swiss Army knives that Kyle Shanahan now has in San Francisco around Trey Lance because now you have a quarterback that can do the stuff that he really, really wants to do and not a quarterback who cannot move. Jimmy Garoppolo, injuries and everything else, he is a statue. He is not someone who can move and do the ultimate stuff that Shanahan wants to do. So when you think about all of that and when Lance will get in there and Lance, the limited amount of snaps that he's gotten in college, but the physical upsides, the fact that he can run bootlegs, the fact that he ran a similar scheme at North Dakota state. How excited are you? I know you're a fields guy. How excited are you about the scheme fit? Shanahan getting his guy, everything lay it out. Well, yeah. I mean, so first and foremost, I'm definitely a fields guy, but I was, I just thought fields was the second best quarterback in the draft. But this is a very unique draft, right? Like this is one of the first times in a very long time where they've had this much high-end high, high end talent at the quarterback level. You know, a lot of people talk about Fields going to the Bears, and we can talk about that later, but I didn't think that was even necessarily a bad thing as the third quarterback. Uh, for for Trey Lance, though, it's you know it's similar to what we talked about before, um, but – it is that, right? This is the opportunity for Kyle Shanahan to do exactly what he's wanted to do for a very long time. If you line it up, and I personally think – I think Trey Lance starts week week one, right? Let's, let's imagine a world where Trey Lance is as smart as he says he is – or not he says, but everyone says he is, right? A lot of people talk about his intelligence, the way he processes the football. Let's assume he is just that smart, and week one, he's going to be the starter. Everyone's healthy, right? He's got control of the offense. He can run the plays Kyle needs. There's no there's no slowing. There's no like slow roll out. You know, he doesn't need a couple of weeks. Let's just assume it's week one. You've got Raheem Mostert, who was one of the most dangerous backs during the Super Bowl run that they had. A new and improved offensive line, right? Trent Williams on the left side. Mike McGlinchey, incredible run blocker, terrible pass blocker. Uh, they drafted a, a new guard for both sides that will compete, hopefully, to start. And, of course, your boy, Alex Mack, at center. 
center position has been a big issue for the 49ers for a while because mm-hmm. they signed Weston Richburg from the New York Giants for a huge contract, and then he got injured a bunch, a bunch of time. So, you know, you're rolling out a stout new line, Devo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Raheem Mostert, and now, instead of just Jimmy Garoppolo, who could, you know, make some decent passes, pretty accurate, sling the ball a little bit, you've got a guy that not only has a cannon for an arm, not only has very good intermediate style passing, right, that like, let's say, 5 to 15 yard range, mm-hmm. he also can run the ball. Yeah. He's not a running quarterback, right? Like, he's not like an RG3. He's not like a Lamar Jackson you know, he's kind of more of a Cam. He's more of a – I'd say more Cam Newton than I would say Colin Kaepernick in terms of running quarterback. Like, he can do it, and he's dangerous when he does it, but he's a quarterback. So when you add all of that up together, right, how do you stop that genuinely? If Trey Lance is as good as we think he is, if he really is able to accomplish the things they think he can, yeah. how, do you, how do you stop that? Well, we saw that, that, like, I think people real. I, this is something that I think if you're a Niners fan, you have to be very optimistic is that this is not going to be a rebuild. And what last year was, was not real. I think some teams really did were as bad as they were. Some teams were as good as they were. Um, but there were some mirages. And I think the Niners season was a mirage and almost all of it comes down to injuries. And with this team being healthy, they are in immediate back to the Super Bowl contender and I think you can point to what they did to the to the Packers and the run game that they did against the 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 Kings of the NFC really at this point I mean I guess we'll see what happens with Aaron Rodgers but um and we'll get to that in a second I I just think this team is going to be very good very soon and this defense is ready to win now like you said this offensive line has improved um the one thing that I do think is interesting I shouldn't say one thing. This is another fascinating point with Trey Lance and this offense and Shani is that um, he had accuracy issues. That was the big thing outside of playing at a small school and not playing really last year and only a full season. And it's weird that he had accuracy issues, but also only through he didn't throw a pick that season where he had accuracy issues. So I am curious to know because now are we going to flip too far the other way where teams are like, Oh, if they have everything, but accuracy, we can fix that because of Josh Allen and because of Lamar Jackson. And we saw how it hasn't affected them, obviously. And they're both perennial MVP candidates. So do we see that with Trey Lance too? Do we see Kyle Shanahan because of his scheme and how he makes it easy for quarterbacks and throws guys guys open that Trey Lance will not struggle with accuracy and we'll see a crazy completion rate? Like, what do you what do you think about his accuracy and how Kyle Shanahan will make it easy for him to adjust and not struggle in that realm like Lamar and Josh Allen have not either? You know, so I mean, how do I say this? I understand that he might have, you know, some kind of accuracy, not issues, right? But it's definitely not like a strong suit. But Kyle's entire purpose, Kyle's scheme that everyone knows that he's so good at, um, you know, that's what he's for. Mm -hmm. He gets people open. 
you know, Trey Lance is not going to have a hard time. That's why so many people talked. It is not normal for a team this good with this many weapons and this talented of a roster to draft at three overall or to get what could be the second or even maybe one day best quarterback in the draft. It just doesn't happen. So I think Trey is going into the best possible scenario he could possibly go into, right? Like just supremely. And I think that whatever maybe things that he might struggle with a little bit, um, had he gone to anywhere else, it's just not going to happen. He's going to have a very easy time getting himself acclimated. Do you think the plan is for him to play at all this year? Because I think it's going to be very similar to what we saw with Rodgers last year, um, where Garoppolo is going to be motivated, that Garoppolo is going to go into week one as the starter, and that this is a long-term play because they are in the big game now where Kyle has not taken a big swing. Kyle and John have not taken a big swing at quarterback like this. And when you do this, you and you miss like your days are numbered in the NFL. You can't like look at what the bears just did. They, they told Andy Dalton QB one incredible. And then what do they do in that same off season? They replace, they replace him because they know they cannot, they're not going to have jobs. Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are not going to have jobs in the NFL or at the jobs that they have now in Chicago in 2022. If they go into the season with Andy Dalton, they're just starter. They're just not. So they go after Justin Fields and they trade up, they give up assets because guess what? It doesn't matter if it doesn't work out and they gave up too much because they're not going to be there in the words of Magic Johnson. I I loved it. And you think about it with San Francisco where they're like, hey, what are we doing this for? We can't keep trotting out the Garoppolos and the Nick Mullins and uh, dreaming about Kirk Cousins. We have to take a big swing like every other team does and every other regime does and go after your guy and see what happens. Because if you don't get your guy, this just is just going to perpetually annoy the fan base right like how tired of it how tired of the jimmy garoppolo conversation have you and this fan base become over the last two years it's 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 very tiring and but not only is it very tiring and it is i think the one thing too is like there's just so many little things that have become you know a proponent of this kyle shanahan conversation like I mean, there's a million things, right? But, like, you think about the Kirk Cousins rumors and all that. You think about how he, you know, passed notoriously on Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes and uh, even, you know, Josh Allen, right? There were so many misses and there were so many circumstantial situations where retrospectively it looked bad. But in the moment you're like, well, okay, this is why Kyle did it. It kind of makes sense, right? resetting the team they didn't want to spend draft capital on a quarterback yet when the team and roster itself was really bad and they needed to build that up so they wanted the talent first other positions like there's so many things you could understand but that's kind of what it's been since kyle got here you know you think about the roster the injuries it's like we know kyle is so good but we've had to deal with all of these excuses you know whether it be uh, you know, Jimmy tearing his ACL or having a really bad roster to having to essentially rebuild entirely because Trent Baalke is one of the worst GMs of all time. Um, you know, it was, there's always been like kind of caveats with, with Shanahan. So this is his moment where he has a full stacked 
really impressive roster, mm-hmm. right? He's got his he's got his wide receiver weapons. You know the yak monsters that is Kyle Shanahan's entire purpose, right? George Kittle is the best tight end in the NFL, yak god, um, and he finally has the last piece of the puzzle, mm-hmm. his personal chosen quarterback. Yeah. So there's no more excuses. Yeah. Which and it's ex- not that we think it's and exciting and you're like, now we can breathe. Now we just know this is it, Kyle. This is it. Like you no more excuses. Like you said, there, there has to be an exciting element to that. Yeah. It's, and that's kind of what it is. Um, it's just, it's like, it's just nice to know that we're here and it's like, I don't have to worry about, you know, any of those other things anymore. We don't have to worry about, well, well, is Jimmy his guy? You know, Jimmy can't really make all the throws. It's like, well, this guy can make all the throws. So it's not that, you know, it's not that like we think Kyle's a bad coach. Obviously he's one of the best coaches in the NFL, but it's just like everything's in place now. And we don't, we get to just be football fans again. Yeah. It's, it's, a, let me put it this way. It's a lot different, right? When your head coach is fucking Hugh Jackson and you're rebuilding and you're like, well, there's not a lot of hope here. Or you're Adam Gase or, you know, even, you know, like some middling coaches, like, you know, already the Arizona co- coach who comes from his air raid offense, uh, you know, he's pretty boy as he is immediately once he got in the NFL, like there, there's so many people that are like, you know, I don't know, man, he's kind of suspect. I don't know if he's as good as we think. Like he's not as good of a play caller, yada, yada, yada. Like that never happened with Kyle. Kyle has had his expectations from the beginning and he's met them all the way through. So it's like, we know Kyle's good. We just want him to do his thing. Yeah. I, um, I'm happy for you, man, because I'm, uh, I was concerned about how we were going to do this podcast. If, uh, the Niners had taken Mac Jones, but it, it worked out because he really, so I shouldn't even say worked out. And this is something that I've been thinking about a lot this weekend. I like the, the Pats draft as a whole, but I do think, (laughs) <laughs> the Patriots are now like they 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 struggled last year. They struggled and they whiffed a lot in the draft the last couple of years. Like the Nikhil Harry stuff still stings. Like you can't whiff like that. Um, Brady left and just won a ring. Um, they have holes all over the place, and this is a dangerous time because now they really have to show that they can bounce back and that bill can quickly rebuild this thing and they spend a bunch of money in free agency and all that's great we'll see what happens but they had a quarterback problem and they also just have a the the luster is not as strong in new england as it was just two years ago and it reminds me so much of the spurs of the last couple years without timmy without Kawhi, and these smart people rc buford greg popovich and to see where it's at where it's like they're not doing horrible things they're not running their team into the ground but maybe they're just kind of average now maybe this is just an average team that's not going to bottom out because they're still too smart to bottom out but the idea that we should get excited about keldon johnson and Derek white and Dejounte murray um is silly because there's just limitations to this group and not having the the superstar like Tom Brady or Kawhi Leonard it just no no matter how good of a coach and no matter how good a talent evaluation you are if you no longer have that ace in the hole there's just going to be limitations and maybe Mac is the next guy maybe Mac is going to be a elite quarterback in New England maybe 
But the Is more he I though? think about it, the more I'm like, probably not. And if he's average, I he's not going to be Tom Brady. No one ever will be. But he's also just unlikely to be a top five to top ten quarterback. And if that is the case, then you start to wonder, well, like, why why are we all excited about it? Like, they're they're just uh, the Bills just won the division. The Bills are real contenders. The Pats aren't. The Pats are fine, but they're going to be fighting for their playoff lives for the next couple of years because this quarterback situation does not tell me and just the dearth of talent at receiver and playmaking that like this is a group that is going to seriously contend like Brady masked a lot of those issues. And I, I don't know what, what do you make of all of that? You know, I think your Spurs analogy is incredible. I really do. I think it's a very good example, right? Where you're like, there's no way that this organization, this coach will ever stroke. You know, it's like, no, it can. I don't, you know, I think if ever we were confused about where Tom Brady's legacy was in the pantheon of sports, it's no longer confusing. He's Mm -hmm. the greatest football player of all time. And we've said it on the pod before. I'll say it again. No one will ever beat his Super Bowl record in the history of the universe ever again. It will not happen. And when you take that person away from New England and he immediately wins a Super Bowl with a team that's never won a Super Bowl in the last like 400 years. Obviously they have shout out to John Lynch, but you know what I'm saying? Like that you're, it's not hard to point, you know? Um, So I think the Patriots really do have an uphill battle. You know, their roster wasn't that great. You've got a great point. Buffalo's becoming quite a little powerhouse, right? And where they have the franchise quarterback that the the Patriots had for years, like Josh Allen, is a legitimate MVP candidate. Like he's but, there. But not only that, but think about it in just terms of generational change. Yeah, we've already acknowledged that the NFL is changing and how quarterbacks exist. Mm-hmm. It's no longer a, a pocket passing league. And, and if Tom Brady was the old way of you know the the quintessential how you do it josh allen is one of the best examples for how the new style quarterback in 2021 is and when you look at that and you go okay lamar jackson deshaun watson russell wilson even a little aaron Rodgers. when you look at josh allen patrick mahomes now you look at trey lance justin fields you know you take take a look at baker mayfield kyler murray Right, you're seeing how the world is changing, and what did New England do? They went out and got another statue. You know, step. He's a, he's a little mobile, maybe a little mobile, but a pocket passer. That They're living not in mobile. As someone who watched a lot of Mac Jones last fall, not a mobile person. I would not but classify you, him as mobile, especially in terms of uh, rating him next to his peers. <laughs> well, a hundred percent, and that's my point. Yeah. They they're go they're living in the past. Yeah. So I'll always give Bill Belichick the benefit of the doubt, but you know they don't have receiving weapons to that much. They do have good tight ends, but you know every year someone signs a, signs a tight end, it doesn't really pan out the way it is. I think you know it's it's hard to talk shit about the Patriots, but I I'm already after last year at a point now where I'm like, nah, now you got to show me. Yes, like. Like you don't get the benefit of the doubt anymore because you got the benefit of the doubt last year and you brought in Cam Newton, who is past his prime, 
You didn't bring any weapons in around him. And you guys got your ass kicked. Yeah. So it's like, okay, the well, now we empty. Can... Right. Edelman's gone. Like, the cupboard is empty. Like, this is a dark time where Jacoby Myers is having to be a serious playmaker for you. Like, I, I hope that offensive line's fixed, but I think that's a great, uh, great point about just the fact that they don't deserve the benefit of the doubt anymore. And I think that's fair. And I think the pressure should be on them. Um, and also, Nick Casario, gone to Houston. So... Uh, his longtime personnel guy gone. Um, if you had to rate the best odds of being a the best, like the best fit and future of the first round quarterbacks, how would you do it in order? Can you do it without being biased towards Trey Lance? Do you think for this year? Uh, no, for the future. Like when you think about the likelihood that they are not in a Jared Goff. Carson Wentz right. situation yeah, yeah, that they yeah. are going to be franchise guys for 10 to 15 years and compete for a couple Super Bowls. Well, here's the here's the problem that I have. I'm mm-hmm. very high on this quarterback class. I really am. And I have a lot of faith in the field's landing spot with Chicago. It's the first time they've had a real quarterback in a long time. I really like uh, Wilson's landing spot um because of you know that Kyle Shanahan style offense they, they they're doing a lot you know they're building that offensive lineup which is I think is very important mm-hmm. so so it's hard to be by not to be biased there but I gotta say Trevor Lawrence is obviously you know one of the best NFL college football quarterback pros- prospects in the last 30 years he's he is he's the one I'm most worried about not because of him but because of the Jaguars mm-hmm. and their organization and what they're doing for him, that worries the shit out of me. I'm sure he's great, but every year five quarterbacks are drafted around the first and second round. Mm-hmm. And every yeah. year we get what, maybe two, yeah. maybe two hit, maybe three. So like you have to ask yourself, do I think Trey Lance is going to be a miss? No, Kyle's too good. This guy's too talented. He's got all the weapons in the world, and he's got a great offensive line. Like, it's pretty hard to fuck that up, even if, say, Lance wasn't as good as we we worried, right? Like, maybe he had the same Colin Kaepernick issues where he had some mechanic issues or he wasn't whatever. Kyle will still take care of all of that. Mm -hmm. Then I go, well, I think next I'm going to say Wilson I feel pretty positive about, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I really do. I feel Wilson has a very good situation. He's got – you know, I, I think a good system and a good line. Yeah. And I think that's important. Mac Jones, I, you know, I'm not going to be the guy that's going to run around and try and say Mac Jones is bad, a bad quarterback. I don't think he's bad. I think he's a talented football player. But, but to me, have Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, and just yeah. a, a plethora of talent. Like, nah, he Harris. Yeah. The situation in New England is nothing like what he had. And he Alabama. screams. He screams, and New England screams mediocrity. Yes. Does any Does anyone look at the Vikings right now with any type of fear? <sighs> and you're higher know. on the Vikings and Kirk Cousins than most. Yeah. But I, no, I, I should say high in terms of like. I mean, they're just sitting there. They're chomping at the bit for Aaron Rodgers to move because that. <laughs> that is a very positive development in Norseland. Um, I don't know. I think they don't scare me. Like, I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender, but I no one, think no one in the first round is scared of them. No, no. But I do think they're a very solid, competent 
know who they are football team. And I think when so, Dalvin Cook's healthy, I mean, Justin Jefferson had a, an unbelievable rookie year. I like a lot of their pieces all over the place, but I just, uh, I think there is a ceiling that's maybe a little bit lower than some Vikings fans would like to admit. Well, so that's my point. Yeah. I don't think the Patriots are going to be bad. I don't think Mac Jones is going to be a bad quarterback, but I do, I do see that being the type of football team that become a team that can win some regular season games and maybe even, you know, who knows, maybe Mac Jones can put up that 4,000 yard season the way that Kirk Cousins had. Yeah. I'm just not afraid of Mac Jones. And the amount of the, the, the quarterbacks that we listed earlier, that number is is higher now than the amount of pocket passers like that, that these, these quarterbacks are taking over the league. Yeah. And so whenever the teams are fairly, you know, well-matched, I'm taking the quarterback that can run, that can, you know, make that safety bite. Yeah, I was gonna say not just run, but like when you bootleg, that they can right. get the ball downfield with an with accuracy. They can find that second and third route. They can find the intermediary route, fifteen yards up. Like they, it's not just looking to run. It's like when they when the pocket collapses, they can keep their eyes downfield and they can move. They can push the ball downfield when they need to. A hundred percent. That's my point. That's what like, Russell Wilson does better than just about anybody. Him and Mahomes. They, Sam Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers too, right? Like if you try and attack that quarterback, they will make you pay. Mm -hmm. And I just don't think Mac Jones is going to make anyone pay. I think that's fair. I, I would go one. I'm actually right there with you. I, I would go one Lance for all the reasons that you said. I would be floored if things did not go well for Trey Lance in San Francisco. I would go to Trevor Lawrence, not because I necessarily believe in the Jaguars and they're all prime. Did you see that they basically only drafted four and five star kids from college? Well, Their well, did you also was power five schools and they, but, it was amazing. Um, hold on. Let's let's first and foremost, I got a whole fucking rant there. I was going to say, let, do I need to put my mic down for a second as you go off on Trent Balky, your old friend? I mean, I've just <laughs> two ACL tears drafted in the first three picks. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy that literally drafted so many people with ACL injuries in San Francisco, and not the list one of you. I don't. I, I, who else did he? Do hold, hold on. So I don't have the list in front of me. Who's but off I the have, top of your head? So uh, Tank Carradine, Carradine uh, from Four State. Uh, obviously, Marcus Lattimore. Yeah. Um, God, there was a bunch of like six round picks and stuff too. I think like Colin Jones or something with safety was one of them, but he did it a bunch and none of them hit. I, it's hard to remember them because none <laughs> of them hit. And then the guy who hit missed on a bunch of players who had ACL injuries in college finally gets a job. He gets the number one overall pick with what arguably is the best quarterback since Andrew Luck to come out of the draft. And what does he do immediately after that? takes two players with ACL injuries. Mm -hmm. With that being said, Lawrence is really good. And I just think it's going to be a Deshaun Watson situation in Jacksonville would be my guess. So what does that mean? It means that he's going to be carrying these Jaguars to eight and eight, nine and seven. Like I think there's also talent at the receiving core. I think ETN in the first round was mistake. I don't hate a lot of their defense. I think this uh, like their offense with Schottenheimer and uh, Daryl Bevel, I think will make sense for a lot of what Trevor Lawrence will want to do. And 
getting him comfortable with the RPOs and what he'll have to do in the NFL level. Like, I just think he's too, too talented to not be at least eight and eight, nine and seven. I think he is in that Watson mold where he will just carry them to uh, mediocrity, but not real contention for the front office reasons that you outline. I would say three Mac, because I think like you said, mediocre will still keep things going for a while. I would say four, I don't like that I have to do this, but I would say four Zach Wilson in New York, and I would say five Justin Fields if I had to rank most likely to be 10 to 15 year starters for their team. There's a reason that the Bears have not uh, found their long-term quarterback for years, and I think it's desperation mode with Nagy and Pace, and um, we'll see. But I, I, it's kind of like a wait and see with New York and Chicago. Like, show me that you can be competent. Show me that you can – you can do this and that you can uh, give these young quarterbacks the tools to thrive. And I think New York did a better job, even though I do like the the Bears draft. Um, I think New York did a really, really great job surrounding Zach Wilson with pieces. Um, Elijah Moore, I love that pick for them to to thrive. And we'll see. But guess what? Like, it's it's still the Jets. And um, we shall see. I'll, I'll put a pin in it, but um, you, you never know. Uh, let's transition to Aaron Rodgers. Evan, if you had to rank the destinations for Aaron Rodgers of his big three, where would you rank them? And also, were you surprised these were his three? Well, yeah, I mean, I think it, so it sounds to me like there's a, there's an understanding between him and the team that they're like, yo, we're not going to fucking send you to the NFC. So he's like, okay, Denver, Oakland and I don't know what the other team was. So it was your team. Oh, the 49ers, yeah. But mm-hmm. I mean that that you know, ship sailed. To, to me when I heard that that morning, it was it was kind of shocking, but I was like at the end of the day, they're not giving up one of these quarterbacks on a rookie deal for mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers who's, you know, I mean, we talked about it on this podcast a while ago, but who is the head coach of the Green Bay Packers? Yeah. Kyle Shanahan's buddy. Why would Kyle Shanahan want the quarterback that his buddy was trying to get rid of? Yeah. But anyway, my point is this. Why well, only goes I, for football reasons? I think that Denver's probably the best chance for him. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, whatever whatever's going on in Las Vegas, they clearly don't have their shit together. There was obviously reports with their first round pick when they took Leatherwood, the offensive lineman from Alabama, that it was a huge reach. There was a rift in the team and that like the heads would roll. Right. So it's like, I don't think he's going out to, to the Las Vegas Raiders, but I do see Aaron Rodgers going, Hey, I remember that time Peyton Manning went to the Broncos and broke a bunch of records and then won a Super Bowl. I think only the only thing that Aaron Rodgers cares about right now is getting that second Super Bowl so that he doesn't have to be considered, you know, that one Super Bowl quarterback. But what did I tell you? What did we talk about on your podcast all last NFL season? That was the Aaron Rodgers fuck you tour. And it ended in an MVP season. And when he finished his MVP season, what did he do? Other than get a new girlfriend, shout out to him. Uh, her movies are terrible. Um, but he said, I got my MVP. I showed the world that I'm the greatest quarterback, yada, yada, yada. I'm leaving. 
I'm not coming back. I'll retire. I'll go be the host of Jeopardy, motherfucker. Like, Aaron Rodgers, it will go down in history as one of the most fuck you moments in NFL history. Like, legitimately just said, oh, you're going to draft a quarterback? Cool. MVP season ends it and goes, I'm never coming back. It's pretty badass. I don't know. I wonder if there's going to be a market correction where teams need to start to under like no, I shouldn't say they need to start understanding but like there is so much to what the Saints have done the last couple of years of their their cat magic and doing everything they can to win one more ring for the greatest quarterback in their franchise history in Drew Brees it didn't work but if that call doesn't happen in the Rams game and they go to the Super Bowl and play the Pats like they're beating the Pats, I would I would say. Like they they matched up better that year. They get another ring. It all worked out. They tried. They went for it. Everything. The Packers going love and then going uh, on another reach with a corner in Stokes from Georgia. I I don't really understand this line of thinking by some teams where it's like, and this was something that I struggled with with the Matt Ryan stuff because Matt Ryan is the greatest Falcons quarterback in history. If you want to tell me, and if Fontenot had just come out, and Arthur Smith from the get-go, and just been like, you know, it might not be the most prudent, it might not be the wisest decision to really further destroy our cap and make a lot more of these riskier win-now moves to try and get a ring for our guy, our aging superstar, when we have issues with the roster because salary cap constrictions will just make it difficult to put together the perfect kind of roster that you can when you have a quarterback on a rookie deal and you can beef up everything else like the the Chiefs did and the Seahawks did and all that I understand that strategy and I think it's fruitful and it it's it obviously works when you can do it right however there is the flip side which is just like if you're the Packers you have Aaron Rodgers he just won MVP like why why get why think about life after Aaron why not just be like you know we got lucky man we got 20 plus years of Favre and Aaron Rodgers back to back let's just ride this out yeah when he's gone and when it it goes and the athleticism goes it's gonna suck and let's just bottom out like that is what I don't understand it's just bottom out once it's over like then you met then you tear it down then you then you make the decision that they made then you draft the quarterback is when things are bad just that or just draft the veteran or sign the veteran sign the brett hunley to sit there for a year or two while you rebuild yeah like that's i mean i get it but that's what i'm saying is like i understand where aaron and these veteran quarterbacks are coming from where it's like dude why are you flirting with these young guys like you have me I'm an MVP. Like you have me. Like these teams just get greedy. I think, or they think way too they're ter- much. They're terrified. Yes, and I think the problem is GMs. Does that make sense? I don't know. It does. And GMs get in a situation where they start to worry about their job more than what's best for the team. Mm-hmm. And GMs have all this power, and they go, "Well, I'm going to fucking draft a quarterback of the future because Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be here forever." Right? I got to prepare my job. I got to keep my job secure right. for the next guy. Exactly. Yeah. And so here's here's a question just for the just for the sake of it. If if you were to swap out Aaron Rodgers for Tom Brady's career, mm-hmm. and just assume he you know he plays that long, is that healthy, whatever, how many Super Bowls do you think they win? 
Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Everyone's experienced the pain of dropped calls and internet outages, especially working remotely this last year. So here's the question. If you're the telco company, how do you help create better experiences for customers? Simple. ServiceNow Digital Workflows can help solve network problems faster and provide real-time status updates so customers aren't left in the dark. That's probably why ServiceNow Workflows have helped telco companies see an increase in customer satisfaction. But proactive customer communications only half the battle. With a single view of your back, middle, and front office operations, ServiceNow Workflows also eliminate silos, keeping teams more in sync and more productive. With our scalable services, companies assure a better experience for both customers and employees on a single platform, the Now platform. So how do you help provide a better network experience for customers? With ServiceNow for telecommunications to help streamline network operations. Whatever your business is facing, let's workflow it. ServiceNow. What would you say? I think the majority of the Super Bowls, they have a chance of winning. Okay. And, and I think some of the Super Bowls, they win by even a lot more, right? But it's hard to say. It's, a, it's, a, it's an impossible analogy. But the reason why I ask is New England took Tom Brady. Real quick, they figured out that all this guy does was win football games. And they just did whatever it took to put him in the best situation to, to win. They gave him the types of weapons he wanted, little white guys, right? They, they got him the big receivers when he could. Um, you know, obviously, they, they went for the Randy Moss situation worked. The the Antonio Brown situation did not work. But my point is, is they really did whatever it is they took. Aaron Rodgers won that first Super Bowl, and it seems like they've been fighting with him since. Yeah. He's had, like, they've never drafted a first round, you know, a wide receiver in the first round. The receivers that they have taken, honestly, not that great. I think Randall Cobb was made much better by Aaron Rodgers than he actually was, you know? So. And doing little things like Jake Cumro, like le- letting him go the day after Rodgers praised him publicly. Like, I understand if, like, he's one of Rodgers' boys. Like, just, it's like the Brady thing, like you said. It's just like, it's Aaron Rodgers. He, he likes the guy. Just keep him around. It's not a lot of money, it keeps him happy. It's, yeah, it's a, it's an absolute layup. Yes. And, but that's but that's the thing, though. That's the you know, you have to understand that if if Aaron Rodgers wasn't Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers ended up being like an Alex Smith or something like that, or even worse, not good. Mm-hmm. Think about how we would have looked at this situation the way we did forcing out a Hall of Famer Brett Favre for a quarterback. You know, they got lucky that Aaron Rodgers was as good. And, I mean, not lucky. They probably made that decision. They saw, you know, the talent in Aaron Rodgers and all that. But my point is, is like, this organization forced Brett Favre out of, you know, they they wanted him gone. Yeah. They But they, they obviously got Aaron Rodgers. Well, here we are again. They don't give a shit about Aaron Rodgers. He's he, they forced him out, maybe not willingly, but their actions have done it. He wants out. They don't have another Aaron Rodgers this time. Jordan Love is not that guy. He could maybe be a good football player, but he's certainly not Aaron Rodgers. I think if he was even remotely this talented, they would have already let Aaron Rodgers go. They trade 
trade the three fucking first round picks or whatever they could get for him. And they let it, you know, Jordan Love run on the rookie contract. But the point is, is they don't have that. Yeah. I mean, it's not going it, to end well. Look at what the, I mean, <laughs> look at uh, the Broncos. It worked out the end with Peyton. They took a flyer on the old guy. Like, there's something we said, like, at least the Colts went after it. Like, they were in a bad spot with Luck retiring the way he did. But, like, you know, I just, I like the teams that, like, the Steelers, I think are a great example of this too is that like even though ben it's unfortunate that it's impossible to root for ben roethlisberger but the the player and what they've done is great like this is what i wish more nfl teams would do when they have the all-time greats in their locker room like you can debate bradshaw versus ben all you want but like my broader point is ben won them a super bowl they built a great offensive line around him with Villanueva and everybody um, for the last few years. And you had Munchak running that offensive line. It was just great. Like they had the perfect system. They evolved to cater to their old quarterback. And they were like, thanks for the memories. We still think if everything rolls the right way that we can do it. Brady just won a Super Bowl in Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay just brought in a veteran, tried it. It worked. Um, I just, I want to see more teams do that and less teams go, whoo, okay, our guy's 29, our guy's 35. We need to, even if they're playing, it's a different conversation if they're no longer a top 15, top 20 guy. But if they're still playing like a top 15, top 20 guy, I think it's almost ethical and right for your fan base to just go down with the ship, for lack of a better analogy. It's like, Go down with this all-time great. Go down swinging. Give them everything they want. Go down with these guys and, who guided your franchise for years and years on more team-friendly deals. Like I just That's what I would do if I was running a team. And I understand there's more risk there, but I, I just think Rodgers is in the right here. And the Packers going Jordan Love, it's like the whole meme on Twitter. Like, oh, look at me re... Uh, reaping uh all the things and then it's like oh no this is what i sowed no 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 it's that kind of thing so it's like well uh you you did this to yourself and i don't feel bad for green bay i feel bad for the fan base i feel bad for the situation but i don't feel bad for the fan base oh, wow. Fuck that fan base yeah, they I have had brett Favre, aaron Rodgers, and two super bowls fuck them they're they're loyal uh that was Evan Swords, uh, not Chase Thomas in this podcast, going after you, Packer Nation. Uh, I got you. I got you. Um, Richard Sherman in Seattle discussing a return, perhaps. You watched a lot of Richard Sherman the last few years. Uh, what would the Seahawks be still be getting? What would the fans be getting if there was a reunion in the Northwest? Well, I mean, he actually was – the most recent report is that he said that he was open to returning to the 49ers too. So, it sounds you know, like he I wants think, to stay on the West Coast. I, so for me, I, you know, unfortunately, I think he's kind of at that age now where, like, he's not going to get what he wants because what he wants is to, you know, be you know sought after. He wants people to, you know, treat him like the old Richard Sherman. I don't think he's a bad – I don't think he's a bad corner. Last year, you know, towards the end of the season, we, it was kind of – not scary, but – you know, kind of the inevitable. You saw him playing like more like single high, like almost like playing the safety role um, in some of the coverages. And, you know, 
people have talked about Richard Sherman becoming a safety. He's like, nah, I'm not there yet. Maybe down the road. I'm really curious on where he goes and what that's going to look like in terms of his role, because, you know, he definitely still has the mind, the mind's there and, you know, the technical skills, they're all there, but I just don't know. I mean, I, I'm definitely not doubting him. I'm, I, you, you can't doubt Richard Sherman. Uh, you know, what I can say is this. I think if it is Seattle or if it's the 49ers or whoever it may be, he's a great leader. He's a great motivator. He helps players get better. Um, the secondary was significantly better with Richard Sherman, not just because Richard was taking one side of the field. He was really helping these players. And, you know, and I mean, it, there's some invaluable cost it benefit analysis there analysis there um i I think i think he still has at least a year i think he's got one more year of strong corner play maybe you use him a little more as a safety maybe you you know have some different packages and coverages for him um but father time is undefeated it is it is um a lot of options were declined um, in the last day or so, Evan. Were there any that stood out to you? Because what stood out to me, Hayden Hurst declined. Um, Hayden Hurst Falcons. was the big one. Uh, it it was not – I mean, it, I should say it was a shock. It wasn't an all-time shocker, but, man, giving up a second-round pick last year for Hurst to only uh, decline this year. I mean, they'll probably get like a fifth pick, uh, fifth-round pick and a uh, com- compensatory pick after this, but – not a not a great going away present. It's like one of those things where Falcons fans were losing their minds over this today. I saw, but like my point is, I mean, if Dimitrov was still running things, the option would have been picked up. But because he's no longer running things and Fontenot doesn't have a um, a tie to him, he didn't. So like it hurts, but this is, seems more like an administration thing. Cause they picked up Ridley's, who was just a no brainer there, obviously. But um, Leighton Vanderesh not picked up. His option I thought was interesting. Sonny Michelle uh, not getting his option picked up by the Pats. Uh, what about you? Was there any anyone that stood out to you? Well, I mean, you're the Falcons guy, but really for me, Hayden Hurst made no sense. They struggled at the tight end position, you know, having lost Hooper. Um, and, you know, obviously that was a big hole to fill because he, he played well with them. But for them to then get the type of play they got out of Hayden Hurst after losing Hooper and like paying like next to nothing for Hurst, I was so lost. I was like, wait, what? You guys just lost Hooper and watched him get paid like $600 million. And now Hurst plays well for you guys and you don't want to keep him. So honestly, I was very kind of confused there. Um, who knows? Could be a sneaky good pick, uh, pick up next year for the 49ers, George Kittle. Um, but yeah, I mean, the big ones didn't make any damn sense, or th- that didn't make sense to me. But Sony Michelle made sense, right? Like, Sony Michelle was a first round running back almost for the most part, you know, high end talent, and never really found his footing. He had, a, I think, like a half of a really good season, and it, it just didn't make sense. Leighton Vander Esch, like, I get it. You know, he's had some injuries. It seems like everybody who plays on the defense, especially at the linebacker position for the Cowboys, has injuries. Um, but, yeah, I mean, nothing surprising, really. I mean, I think it, the ones that didn't get picked up were just, like, injury concerns and not necessarily talent. I think maybe Michelle was probably the only major talent one, right? 
Yeah, and that was I think Michelle was more injury too. I think his body's just pretty broken down. I mean, Damian Harris being good um, is probably going to be a reason for that and him getting an increased uh, workload in New England. But yeah, I uh, it was not blown away, but we'll see what happens with Hurst um, going forward. And maybe it's just a fit thing, a scheme thing, and Arthur Smith doesn't see it being uh, a long-term fit um, with what he wants to do. Um, Amazon getting thursday night football starting in 2022 primarily are you excited to watch thursday night football primarily on amazon and also i hope we get to the point where we all acknowledge as football fans that thursday night football it's actually good i mean it's it's okay there's been some good games, but there has been some bad games. Last year, I think we got really good Thursday night football. So for me, like I use Amazon Prime like mm-hmm. religiously. I mean, all the time. They're an evil corporation. <laughs> totally get that. But like, I'll never get rid of Amazon Prime. It is my f- favorite thing on earth. I order protein uh bars and protein supplements and stuff like that i order t-shirts i order fucking you know household stuff like i order everything on amazon prime so for me when i you know heard today i think shout out to steffi smalls Mm -hmm. uh with ftn she was like mentioning that people were complaining about it and i'm just like who doesn't have amazon prime like mm. at th- at this point, that's everyone should have it. I mean, you're not really out there going to targets, are you? Ooh, lots of people going to targets, and like you're not know. going to you're not going to target, are you? I mean, I mean I'm, that's kind of I'm not, but I'm not going to target, especially during the pandemic. Come on, one hundred and forty eight point six million Amazon Prime members in the United States. That accounts for seventy four percent. Hmm. Right. So that's my that's my issue. Here's the thing that I don't get. You can explain this to me. Mm-hmm. How many people were complaining about Thursday night football being on cable television where we're like, yo, nobody has cable anymore. Do you have cable? I don't have cable. Fuck mm. no. So what do you how are it's you watching sports? Um, so when I want to watch uh, the NFL, right, I will. I you know once so I'm very specific right yeah. I have a bunch of friends that used to work at it that work at AT and T because I used to work at AT and T so I always have Sunday ticket logins mm-hmm. but then mm-hmm. you know I've I've got Amazon Prime and then I have AT and T TV for all the you know other games and stuff like that but I like going to bars and watching football man that's fair that's fair. Um, but I'm excited. I like having a home. I like knowing where things are on. Like that was something that did annoy me about Thursday night football. I was never sure what channel was on that week. I remember I, I hated that whole conversation of like, is it CBS this week? Is it Fox? Is it what, what, what channel is it on this week? Um, I don't know. I, I, as long as they don't bring back the, the color rush, because as a colorblind person, uh, I'll never forget the bills jets game from years ago where the, the jets were all green and the, the bills were all red. And I, People thought I was joking, but I literally couldn't tell the difference. Um, and it's a it's a weird thing being colorblind, Evan. Like, I can't find the number and all that stuff, but my red-green colorblindness is very strong. And um, it's very weird when people around you can all see it, and you're like, I don't know what y'all are looking at because it doesn't look like that at all to me. Yeah, no, that totally does make sense. Um, yeah, I think it's a good thing, and I think I mean, we're getting there anyways. Like, cable's dead. 
uh, there needs to be strong streaming platforms. Uh, I, the only thing that I have a big issue with, and I don't know how they'll ever fix this, is I can't stand stream delays. Mm. You know, because I'm a Twitter guy, right? And I love, like, part of my favorite thing about watching football is following along on Twitter. And the stream delay kills me. You and I are the inverse in our watching habits. I, I, my phone's nowhere near me as I'm watching watching stuff like I, I can't do it I, I can't it's overwhelming because I'm taking notes like I'm jotting stuff down and I'm locked in so I uh I don't have the phone near me I'm yeah but see angry. you're taking notes I'm tweeting notes it's all the same <laughs> it's all the same yeah I guess it's so. just different it's just different ways of getting to the same location absolutely well I think that's a, a good way of wrapping up this week Evan Agreed. um do you have any uh Thing you would like to plug as we wrap up this Monday night edition of the pot? Yeah, I mean, totally. You know, I'm obviously a very 49ers specific guy. Uh, the 49ers hub has had incredible draft coverage, and especially in relation to the 49ers and all the amazing picks they've had this year. I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of the 49ers draft taking two guards, taking an Oregon corner. I'm not even going to try and pronounce his name. Um, you know, taking a running back, a first round talent running back. Like I'm so happy. And there's so much good coverage to go read all about that on there. Um, as always, because, you know, I'm a guy that kind of got bored of doing podcasts for a little while and stopped doing my podcast that I did over 200 episodes for. I love that chase has me on here and I love that, uh, anybody actually maybe comes in and wants to hear what my dumbass has to say. So for that, to make sure that Chase gets to keep doing this and inviting me on. Go give him five stars on his podcast. Mm. You're not going to get tired of coming on this show, are you? Never. Okay. I like talking about the NFL. I got really tired of talking about just the 49ers with like in a space where there was like 600 people trying to have 49ers podcasts. It's just it's too small of a pool. I can't listen to my team only podcast. You know, I tried it. Uh, I tried to listen and it's not because they're not good. Like I would listen to Braves specific podcasts or Falcons specific podcasts and I just couldn't do it. it, was, it, it I don't like how granular that is. I, I don't like the team focused pods. I'm not a fan. I don't like, it's not because they're not good. It's because I, I need the variety. I need, I need uh, a lot of topics covered. I need the, the national coverage. You want to know what's funny? Mm-hmm. And I don't even, I, I, I'm, I'm hoping at this point of the podcast, like there's not as many listeners. Um, <laughs> Wait, why would you be hoping that? Why, why, well, because what I'm going to say is pretty controversial. Oh, no. Do I need to like prepare my bleep button? No, 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 no. I just, I don't read many articles. I don't, I, sh- I don't listen to any NFL podcasts. Like, I, you know what I'm saying? Like I get, all of my information from Twitter. And I think it's more than sufficient. I think it's, mm-hmm. if you follow the right people, it's more than sufficient. And I personally just can't stand, you know, I like listening to clips that people post on Twitter, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Every now and then, if it's like a long, you know, maybe it's like a, an episode, like maybe I'll go, but like almost never, never read articles unless it's like, you know, like a super popular article that everyone read. I just, it's 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 a lot man interesting so you're never gonna do the deep dives when i send you these show notes you're never doing the deep dives like when i send you the links it's never well but that's but that's the thing so like when you sent me the notes tonight right everything you sent i have had 
you know, intimate information that I have read and gone through on all of these subjects. I felt very comfortable talking about all of these subjects. Okay. And in fact, like I remember specifically being like, well, I should probably like take a look at the fifth year options. Right. And like, I knew of all of the ones that got declined and I was even, that was like the one thing where I was like, yeah, maybe I should check on that. Um, so I, I, I've yet to be in a position where I'm not informed. I like it. I like it. And I think if I wasn't informed or if I felt less informed, I'd be more inclined. But I usually, you know, I feel like I got a, I got a good little setup going. Yeah. And I also just think we got to kind of know what our limitations are as like media, media folks, especially myself. Is that like I'm a jack of all trades and I like to believe that I have a pretty solid foundation and can diagnose plays and I can look at certain stuff and I'm well versed in PFF and DVOA and all that kind of stuff. But like, ultimately I'm never going to be Steve Palazzolo and Stan and uh, why am I blinging on his name? Sam Monson, uh, PFF. They're just better. And I'm not going to be Austin Gale. Shout out to him and Mike Renner at college valuations. Not going to be that kind of podcast. Like it's just not, it's not possible. So work within your zone, be authentic. And I hope listeners uh appreciate our authenticity and like we're we're doing the best and we uh we look at what we look at and we this is how you and i uh just view and enjoy our one of our favorite sports and yeah football, right and i mean i will tell you this i think it's a great example I, you might have saw the tweet but i said it the other night i had many times tweeted and i actually got frustrated about how so many people were focusing too heavily on the 49ers third overall pick and i started tweeting out like like hey i want people to send me articles if you have written an article so i can shout it out of anybody that the 49ers might take in the later rounds like i started pushing that conversation i spent a lot of time trying to 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 kind of bring that conversation out because I was so tired of everyone just lazily focusing, you know, and I got like almost no interaction, no feedback, no nothing. Right. It's like maybe you know, seven, like four, four, four retweets. Then I fucking tweet, you know, fuck every single person that tried <laughs> that, that pushed that Mac Jones bullshit, like word for word. That's what I said. And it got over a thousand likes and like 300 retweets. So mm. it's like, I, I know my lane. I am not the PFF guy. You know, I'm not the deep dive knowledge guy, right? I'm the, what do they call it? The color commentary? Yes. <laughs> you know what you I'm saying? That's my life. You're Jerry the King Lawler of this podcast. You're the, <laughs> the Bobby that. the Brain Heenan, yeah. I love that very much. And I'm, you know, that's a lane I, I don't mind being in because I get to swear. But it's also just genuine. It's like who you are. It's just like that's, yeah. that's who you are. That works. That works. Well, Evan, it works and I'm glad to have you on this podcast every single Monday night. So, folks, if you like listening to Evan and I talk football, we will be doing this every single Monday night, even during the off season. So, for that guy on the West Coast, Los Angeles, California, Evan Swords, for myself, here not see that is all I got, my friend. We'll be back next week. Take care, guys. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. 
Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.